0: Welcome to the Irish NFL Show, a weekend review of all the NFL news. Delighted to, to be joined by Conor Cronin, as always, and a new voice to the to the show to the podcast this week. Stateside, Milwaukee, in fact. Uh, Frankie Abbott, you're very welcome to the Irish NFL Show.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on the states. I'm in Wisconsin, so you got a, you got a whole different bit of flavor on the show today. You know.
0: Now, when Callum told me you were coming on, and you mentioned oh, it's uh, it's another Broncos file, I said, that, that that makes sense. a Broncos file. I better bring Colin in as well, Colin Sorry, I didn't meet the bypass past you, but uh, what did he have Frankie in for? How are you, good sir? Yeah, i uh, good. I mean, it it we we've an interesting,
2: I think, some interesting topics to to get into. But um, we were saying just before we um kind of hit record that. It feels like there are things bubbling up obviously with the meetings taking place and maybe it'll be a bit like last year when that first domino kind of falls um the that might lead to a number of others obviously last year it was rogers making the decision and all of a sudden you had all of the the qb moves i feel we might be on the the verge of something like that again this year um but we still have uh, i think plenty of Things to discuss on this episode.
0: Yeah, obviously this week has come by week, and January you start to get a little bit of snippets of information and leaks of stories. And Monday week we have the kind of that initial period before free agency starts, the tampering period, and essentially by the time the NFL business year starts on Wednesday the fifteenth of March, a lot of the deals are already done. One player in particular, I think we're going to start off with this particular player. It's Derek car and it kind of feels like a. Already a bit of a sag, and I guess, kind of, I'll go to you, Force. We were in obviously Arizona for the football, and literally an hour or so before kickoff in the Northern half, the news broke that Derek Carr wasn't willing to do business with any particular team, he wasn't willing to accept a trade of any nature. And obviously, since then, he has met with the Jets, albeit forced initially in New York. Well, prior to that, he met with the Saints, he declared he wasn't willing to do any deal. Then he had, he had a and meet with the Jets and this week obviously at the combine he's there's a serious PR exercise going on where he's met with the Panthers, the Saints and also the Jets, so two of the team that we he met previously. Um are the others doing their due diligence at the moment with really a, I suppose a tough process around the drafts or do you actually see Derek Carr getting the team sooner rather than later. Is he the first domino since the job even with the Aaron Rodgers stuff in the background?
2: Yeah, I do there is certainly a lot of interest, and when you consider the fact that David Tepper and Woody Johnson both flew in specifically to meet with Derek Carr because he is in Indianapolis and he is meeting with teams, I think that tells you that there is certainly a, a level, the level of interest that is there. It's an. It- It's a fascinating one, right? Because he he is a QB who certainly divides opinions. Uh, I chatted to Steve O'Rourke on the podcast a few weeks ago. You know, diehard Raiders fan and talked about how much he admired Derek Carr, how much he feels the team let him down and how, you know, he was on course to to do something really special uh, until that season uh, when he broke his leg. But... For me, I think, Brian, you'll be aware of this. Frankie, you, you may not know my thoughts on Derek Carr. Derek Carr is fine. You can win with Derek Carr, but I don't think you win because uh, of Derek Carr. But there aren't 32 franchise guys out there, so teams get this. But I think with Derek Carr, for me as well, and talked about this with, with Steve, we're in an era, I think, where having a dual threat QB or at least a QB um who can it can use his legs when it needs to be. Like you don't get Mahomes doing designed runs, but you saw in the Super Bowl the reason the Chiefs win that is because Mahomes can use his legs. I think that dual thread is more important than ever. And I think Derek Carr is almost a, a, a hangover from the era of you know um the more statuesque QBs. But if you are the Jets and you're looking at it and you have the longest playoff drought in the league and you have a pretty talented roster there, bringing in somebody like Derek Carr, as long as you put the, the pieces around him, he can he can be fine. And you saw Salah come out today and really praise him. I mean, he really went out of his way to to say really nice things about him. After that first meeting, the stories that came out were... Derek Park would be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he was to win in New York. Yeah, he could be, but that would mean leading the Jets to the Super Bowl. I I think that is extremely unlikely, but I think is he capable of leading them to, to the playoffs? Yeah, if everything else goes their way, but I think the price has to be right as well. I think that's the other thing. To me, teams are looking at it Having a Q, you've said it repeatedly, Brian, you can't overpay for great, but you can certainly overpay for good. So the price has to be right, has to, to work for everybody. And I think teams are do, doing their due diligence, but I think Derek Carr is doing his as well. Because we're talk, you talked about the, the teams that he has met with. I mean, what are the commanders going to do at QB? That's a, a, another question. So there might be ones out there. One final point from me is Warren Sharp would have you believe that cold weather impacts Derek Carr almost more than any other QB in the league. So, could that be a factor if he was to
1: head to New York?
0: Where do do you fit on this from, Frankie? you a lover of Derek Carr? Do you think there's a.
1: I'd say I'm a pretty big fan of Derek Carr, honestly. I want to kind of echo what, like, he is one of the quality starters in the league. I'm not going to say he's a great starter. I'm not going to act like he's a top 10, maybe top 8 talent. But as far as, like, a top 15, top 20 starting quarterback in the NFL, that's exactly what Derek Carr is. He's always been productive wherever he is. He might be a little bit timid at times. Uh, Sometimes when he gets more pressure in his face than you'd like, he doesn't end up playing the best. But, like, Derek Carr is a fine starter. And for these teams, like he's saying in New York, who are... These you know seemingly endless playoff droughts. They're a massive media market. They would like to solve the quarterback position so they can stop cycling through coaches and stabs and players. You know they can actually try to develop some of these receivers they've been drafting over the past couple of years. So I think they're a great option if the, if that's where they end up going. If Jimmy G maybe doesn't end up there with the connection to Sala, uh, my favorite is probably Carolina. I really like how Carolina has been going about building their offense. They seem to be almost taking the Lions approach of it, where they're really focused on building up the offensive trenches kind of setting up a nest for whatever quarterback they end up going. And you could almost see kind of a parallel between what the Lions do with Golf, or where they're just saying, we're going to stabilize our franchise. You know, we aren't going to, we don't think we're a team that's going to make this jump to a contender right away, but there's value in going from being a bottom feeding franchise. Like you can argue the Jets have been for a little bit. Sometimes the Panthers have been since the loss of Camp Newton. Like there's value in going from being a bottom tier team to being a not contending, but like a serviceable team, a team that can win any game, you know, a team that provides good development for a lot of the young players that come in. There's a decent foundation in place that you're not like overly concerned and needing to make these like super drastic moves to try to upgrade your team in any way possible. So I really think either of those options make sense. The Saints are an interesting one as well, but I don't really know how that one would go. It seemed like with them retaining uh, Curry, Aaron Curry, their quarterback coach, I think that they might actually kind of look to go for a younger guy or someone they've kept in building. But I just don't know if Dennis Allen is the guy that I want to see uh, acquire Derek Carr and try to make it work with him. Whereas I think a staff like Frank Reich's staff would be absolutely perfect. And if you can sit like, I don't know, one of the maybe second, third round QB options, like one of the draft guys, or even look to have a guy next year if they're not in love with any of the options this year. Derek Carr is a great option for Carolina just to not have to you know throw everything at the fan to try to fix everything right away so I'm I'm very interested but as he was saying too the contract is going to be a very interesting part of it because up until now Derek's really never like or at least over the past couple years he's only had like the 10th or fifth. I want to say he's like around the 10th most most valued quarterback and I want to say spot track for like what they projected his next contract to be was around like a 34 million dollar hit which isn't terrible like if I'm a team that's needing a quarterback, I'd be very interested in Derek Carr, and I think exactly what you're saying is true, where it's just both sides kind of doing their due diligence. Teams are interested in seeing, are we going to like a guy in the draft? Is Derek Carr a decent option? And Carr obviously wants to see where he might finish out his career and hopefully turn himself into a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I do not think he's likely to do, but each their
0: round. I like the way you pointed to the Panthers in particular, because we did a podcast this week with... A- Dean Jones and Cat Crave, who's based in the UK here, uh, just across from Ireland, obviously. And he he discussed the fact that it was seemed to be all kind of geared to Ireland taking a quarterback in the draft at 9. And then Frank Roy yesterday he was very open and very complimentary uh, complimentary of Derek Carr. But again, it's probably similar to the sound that they're all playing this game at the moment. And one quarterback, and I'll come to you first, Frank, and this, obviously Aaron Rodgers has come out of the darkness over the past week. I'm wondering, has he? has he seen the night and the night's finally switched on and it's time to move on from Green Bay. And will he do what the, what the backers want to essentially finally show his hand enough to move on? Because if you, you know, combine week also gives you the opportunity to hear with the GMs and head coaches have to say, and for the first time in quite a while, it, it seemed like the backers are very keen to get this result a lot quicker than they normally look for. And they seem very, it, it seems like they really far finally in a position where does he take him to move on to long yeah. as a quarterback? And Aaron Rodgers can find the new old... Do you think he's how going to play? Or, I know we're all speculating, but
1: this probably needs to happen sooner rather than... A hundred percent. So, you know, again, I'm I'm from the Broncos fan, the Broncos nation. So I've had plenty of experience trying to guess what Aaron Rodgers will do with his future. Plenty, let me tell you. So I am probably not the best person to guess at it, but I will do my best. Uh, yeah, man, it seems like Green Bay is... Not only the ownership in Green Bay, but, like, I mean, I, I live in Wisconsin. The fan base is over it. They are kind of over Aaron Rodgers. The past couple of years when he was kind of rumoring his retirement or rumored to be leaving, there was always this sense of, like, oh, no, like, the clutching of the pearls. We can't lose our Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's our guy. But now the message seems to be, like, we're a little bit tired of the shenanigans every single year. He's, you know, he's testing whether he's going to leave, he's going to stay. It's costing us players at times, as we saw with, like, Adams not being able to stick around last year. Not that that was, like, you know, entirely that reason. But the fan base in the in the front office seem ready to completely move on, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Jordan Love is a guy who hasn't necessarily gotten to have the opportunity and was a somewhat high draft pick who they seem to like around that building, who I, I think kind of deserves the opportunity to show himself if they're going to decide whether... They want to keep him around in the future because he hasn't gotten the chance to do so and he was a first-round pick for them that, like, they're going to need to decide on a contract for him soon. Um, Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers' days in Green Bay are entirely numbered. The question is kind of how long he wants to draw it out, I think, and obviously where he goes. Um, th- There's a lot of interesting teams I think that Rodgers could end up with that even some that I don't think are necessarily, like, too talked about. I saw someone mention that, like, uh the the Buccaneers could be a possibility that I haven't seen mentioned too much uh I think even the Raiders could somewhat be a possibility if they want to reconnect with Adams like there's a lot of opportunity here I think for a team to go all in on Rodgers it's just kind of a question of how much are they willing to give up for him too because I mean at this rate something I that's kind of got to be worrisome for any team hoping to get him how many years are you really expecting out of Aaron Rodgers at this point like I think when you look at a lot of these other free agent quarterbacks, they don't, they're not rumored to be retiring every couple weeks or you know, taking darkness retreats to go decide if they still like football or not, not trying to knock him too much, but like, there, there's definitely some, some stuff in the air that makes you feel a little bit uncertain about the future of Aaron Rodgers, and if you're a team trying to acquire him, you'd really like to have some clarity on that, but as far as the league has probably known for the past however many years of Aaron Rodgers, you're not really going to get clarity from that guy on what he wants to do. Kind of as Uh frankly touched on the Raiders there, but yesterday at the,
0: at the uh, Prescott was the Ziegler, the GM, and Josh McDaniels. to the the distance themselves from potentially going after Aaron Rodgers. do the Packers get burnt in a way if he find, if he decides it's one team, one to only that I want to go to? Because then there's no bargaining on the table essentially because they can't kind of use they can't leverage one deal against the other. They might find that they're in the walk away from this shorthanded and Roger still gets the move if he wants.
2: Potentially, I mean, I think if uh, that that was a real sliding doors moment, right? If you go back to April of 2021 and the Broncos put three firsts on the the table, I said it before. I think it, with hindsight, the Packers would have absolutely taken that deal, given how things have played out. And I, I think, though, like what Rodgers might get the movie once, but ultimately. Is he the player he he once was? What are you? What are you? What are you going to give up for him? And now, what kind of hit are you going to have to take? Like it's it's a fascinating one because Andrew Brandt, who's obviously former formerly of the the Packers, has kind of had a read on the the Packers, certainly a little bit on Rogers, but certainly in, in relation to Packers that he feels that they they will be moving on for for them. I go back to the fact that again. They spent a first-round pick on Jordan Love, and they've barely seen him play. They now find themselves in a situation where he's going—you know—if they are moving on, he's under enormous pressure to perform instantaneously. Um, and you can say like, "Oh, he sat behind Rodgers, and therefore he's ready." Like you don't like learn through osmosis. You know, the everyone kind of points to Rodgers and points to Patrick Mahomes. As like, if you sit for a year, you'll magically become this amazing QB. They're the outliers. So I think it's an interesting situation all around. I agree um, with what you said earlier in relation to the fact that it sounds like the Packers are ready to move on. And if they are to move on, this is the year they need to do it. the 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 hits are pretty bad. Um, this year, but they only actually get worse if they don't move on. Like, they don't move on from him this offseason. He needs to see out the entirety of his contract there. Essentially, I, I, I don't think they'll get anywhere near what they would have gotten in 2021 or 2022. But I think given everything that has you know played out, especially in the last year between the distraction that the Aaron Rodgers circus has become, and it has become um, a a circus, Uh, and the fact that he wasn't the same QB that he had been in those two MVP seasons. Like, we saw flashes last year, and Aaron Rodgers is still very talented. But Frankie said, how much longer does he have? And eventually, as we all know, you you hit a wall, and you're just not the same. Time came for Tom Brady eventually. It'll come for Aaron Rodgers as well. So you you have to balance that out again as a team. Is Aaron Rodgers going to take you to a Super Bowl? Do you really believe that he is going to do that? Maybe you do. I would I would certainly have my doubts on that. But I know in Ken, they're QB needy teams. He's certainly going to sell tickets. And he is certainly going to draw attention to your team. Somebody, somebody will take a chance on them. And I think it won't be in Green Bay. But that's
0: just my opinion. The caveat could be that they say, yeah, we'll trade you, but it's only to an AFC team. Yeah. they we came out of the NFC completely. Maybe the Packers will flourish next year. Maybe with what we saw in Seattle with Genos, we had taken over. Now it's a different dynamic in terms of the cornerback, but see, all the noise is gone. Russell Wilson type scenario will sang it.
1: Maybe the Packers will have a much better season next yeah. year. Yeah. I mean that's almost what sorry, if I, if I can, that's almost one thing I kinda want to touch on too, is it's interesting, like Aaron Rodgers at the moment can get away with murder in Green Bay. We hear he's a little bit of a jerk to his teammates at times, especially the younger receivers. It'll be very interesting him having to enter a new environment where he hasn't built up this goodwill. We saw what happened in Denver this year. Russell Wilson didn't have the, the Seattle goodwill that let him come to Denver and kind of make mistakes and people were still willing to support him. It can be pretty dicey if you have a Rodgers going to a team like the Jets, who throughout this year it already sounds like isn't the most healthy environment for players to be playing in, whether it's the media, whether it's, you know, Zach Wilson calling whatever. Like, if you put in an Aaron Rodgers into an already somewhat testy environment, like, that can result really badly for your franchise on on a lot of levels. And as, again, we're going to keep reemphasizing, how many years are you getting him for, and does he really make you a contender that quick? Because, man, like, I know we've seen the Bradys be able to go to these these you know Tampa Bay and get their rings right away that Buccaneers team was perfectly built for Tom Brady to go win a Super Bowl that year a lot of these teams where you might see Rodgers go to aren't really built that way and I think they that Aaron Rodgers as great as Aaron Rodgers is an incredible player one of the better quarterbacks by throughout my time and throughout this era he's not Tom Brady he's not going to get guys to unretire and take these super cheap deals to come play with him so I think it is really risky for a team to, you know, kind of put all their eggs in that basket.
0: And one Packers run said to me today, it's history repeating itself in the sense of when well, Favre moved over to Rogers, Favre went to the Jets. When Rogers go to the Jets, if you think about how Favre quickly, you know, he was very quickly unwelcome in New York after him period of time, obviously with a shoulder injury and how that season played out. And uh, the next quarterback, a gentleman, don't know where to go with this one anymore. Lamar Jackson called, welcome to you, unfortunately. So, so uh, the, the cost has come out today and said uh, both uh, sides understand the, the, the enormity of the situation and the seriousness and the scrutiny involved, I'm trying to get the deals done as quickly as possible. But it, does, it just doesn't seem like anything has moved on from where we were. This time last year's, you know, limited conversations. Okay, it's the off-season now, they're trying to move it up. But like the, the, the Campbell, the former Ravens person, now today said Lamar wants to be there. He doesn't seem like any pair, you know. From spot, speaking to him, he's not going on about any potential trades. It's all about saying in, in Baltimore, is it the agency team or the lack of an agent that's really holding this up? And really, is the time to evolve to this world of leaving the agent to get on things because this has gone on so long; it's become it's, it's become a bit of a non-story essentially. It it has, and
2: yet I I think it's probably the it should be the biggest story of the NFL offseason to me, right? Because I I think we forget how good a quarterback Lamar Jackson is. And, and to me, the Ravens have done him a disservice. Like, this is a kid who went out, won an MVP in his second season, and they did nothing to help him. They went, like, he has watched the Bills put pieces around Josh Allen. He has watched the Eagles put pieces around Jalen Hurts. And he has watched, in his own division, the Bengals help Joe Burrow immeasurably right? And what what have the team done for him? I also don't think, um, and I know Brett Coleman uh, has commented on, on this uh, from earlier on in the season, as he says, the vibes aren't right in Baltimore. Think about the fact that they've moved on from a long-time DC. They've moved on from a long-time OC. They, we had the fact that they probably could and maybe should have beaten the Bengals, but they true Tyler Huntley under the bus, they put it entirely on him, very publicly, which I really question that, and then all this stuff with Lamar and then today, today we were just talking about it again before we started recording, you have Bateman coming out and very publicly, uh, kind of having it go back at the fact that you know they the wide receivers there were being questioned, so I don't think things are right, I think that plays into it. And I, I just feel that Lamar wants the, the right deal for him. I mean, he's probably looking at it and saying, you know, I am ed, you know he's entering his prime, I think, in, in his eyes. He wants to be paid accordingly. Um, and, and the Ravens, I just find it fascinating because I think he, had, he is such an incredible body of work. He's so, they have seen what happens when he isn't there and yet they don't want to pony up with the cash. Personally, I don't understand it. I would do it, but I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. And to me, like any doubts that I think I just, it's, it's like the Jalen Hurts thing for me. It's people just want to doubt him and he just goes and he proves him wrong. I watched again and, and th- I saw Vic Fangio do the exact same thing with Jalen Hurts. He dared, right from Baltimore, what came into to Denver. Vic Fangio, who everyone raves about as the, you know, um mastermind of the current defensive kind of scheme across the NFL. He dared Lamar to beat him with his arm, and Lamar went and did it. Lamar could beat you with his arm, he could beat you with his legs. He's going to get a contract somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be. That's interesting that um, if Campbell has come out and said, because it feels to me like it's going in the direction of, of separation. But I think Lamar is going to have a fantastic next five years wherever he is
0: sounds to me like a bit of a PR exercise to try put the Ravens in a situation where, um, if they do, if they can't make it in the afternoon they have to do a trade. They'll put it on the Mar and the Mar just wasn't willing to compromise with them. That wouldn't be the one. Get trolling The bus. Frank. Just a quick one for you before you come in on this. Um, the Mar had a very interesting tweet out after that Bengals game at the end of the season. People kind of indicate that he he suggested that he really could have played, but he was kind of getting his own back on the Ravens for how he was treated. And so so players came out there after as support. Are you, we call him on this that he's been treated badly and the Ravens should really not to kind of get this resolve sooner around.
1: I completely agree. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, so I'm also a massive Lamar Jackson fan. I, Lamar Jackson is arguably the most entertaining quarterback I've ever watched. I call him the best, but he's one of the most entertaining players on offense I have ever seen touch the football. It is incredible. What What blows my mind is like, not even from like, you know, you're worried about his health, maybe you're worried if he can get you to Super Bowl, whatever. From a business perspective, I cannot imagine, like, a, a single entity that's better at getting butts into seats, which is what all owners should want, than Lamar Jackson. Like, Lamar Jackson makes your organization so much money, he keeps you from being fired, that, like, exactly, I, I truly cannot fathom why you wouldn't pay that guy. You want your fans to all hate you? Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. And then exactly like you're saying, a team is going to pay him. Arthur Smith is sitting in Atlanta right now, probably just drooling, just so much drool coming out of his face. Like, holy crap, I can put Lamar Jackson in my offense, which is built around, like, having a quarterback that can do these things. He's losing his mind thinking about the ability to sign that guy. And there is not, like, Lamar Jackson isn't just about to, like, hit this cliff fall and be bad all of a sudden. I really don't think so. Maybe he, you know, starts, you know, you, see, you keep seeing the injuries pop up. Maybe things like that happen. Maybe, you know, teams keep being able to shut him down in the playoffs. And I don't want to sound stupid because I know that sounds like this sounds wrong to fans. Who cares? He literally wins you games. He is so impressive. He's so talented. He accumulates impre- incredible stats. He's like an MVP candidate whenever he's on the field. It's, it's mind-boggling to me that in a game where, like, there aren't enough starting quarterbacks to go around, that a team would look at, like, an MVP candidate and a guy who's already won the award and be like, nah, like, we'll, we'll figure it out some other way, and what's even crazier is, as, as you said, with, like, the long-term OC and DC, they've built the entire team around his philosophy, around his play style, I guess maybe that's why they look to move off of Roman this offseason, but, like, it's just, it's truly so confusing, and, like, as you've said, they've really done him no favor. The the receivers that DaCosta is being so like, oh, well, I've gotten receivers for him. Dude, you draft him, like, 5'10", 180-pound, like, like th- that's not going to work. And they're the same, like, archetype every single time. It's like, dude, you know what, you're, I feel like you have to know that you're not doing what you could be doing, but you're just choosing not to. I mean, even look, like, I think they're about to lose, like, Ben Powers this offseason. Like, th- there's just a bunch of moves that have taken place in the last couple of years in Baltimore that you look at and you're like, wait you have an MVP at quarterback. Like, what are you you doing that? Like, honestly, at this point, I know Lamar, it seems like, kind of wants to stay and has been... And that's the other thing too, sorry. Lamar has been so stand-up throughout this whole process. Like, honestly, I I really haven't... Like, Lamar has had a couple of things where it's like, oh, like, maybe that's disagreeable. For what he's had to go through in Baltimore, I've been very impressed with how he's handled himself. He's been willing to play on the tags. You know, like, things like that where, like, in my mind, I wouldn't be doing that with their injury. he's risking. And again, it just seems like Lamar knows his value to this team. Lamar Jackson is right now the Baltimore Ravens. He is the face of that team. He has been for like three years. It's going to take them time to move off of that, and he's using that to his advantage, and good for him. I mean, like, because again, if the ownership doesn't recognize it, man, the fans are going to let them know if Lamar Jackson is playing in another city come September, how unhappy they are with that decision.
0: If the tag deadline on on Tuesday. There's no tag situation here for the Ravens with, with Jackson. Is it because of the the nature of where he is in terms of his initial contract? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't believe they can do that again. Okay. Combine week, um, it was, I it was an area on Monday, Monday morning or Monday afternoon at Irish time where Adam Schefter puts out a tweet to say that the Bears are open for business and they're looking to move out, out of number one to number one picking the draft. I mean, it's probably the most obvious uh, storyline to put out there the first day of the Combine, but, um, one that we I could deviate side. The Cardinals now is also what he reported me is is suggesting that he's had a lot of noise that the Cardinals are open to moving as well. So and that kind of maybe tailors to what Chris Bannard said yesterday, uh at his price capital, which he said we don't necessarily have to go from four to one to get the quarterback to we want. So I'm interested, do you think there's a deal in the offering? and essentially it isn't the bears and we could see a surprise factor of someone moving up to go to three on the base set of control, whatever quarterback they go. But that's available tree. I'll go to you, Frankie for your You're your your toss on the Combine Week itself. I know you you have a real keen eye on, on these players. You we just sent it before we even got gold and the looking at some of the to coverage today.
1: Yeah, Combine Week's been a lot of fun. I mean you get you get breaking stories left and right about random prospects. Uh you get all the GMs coming together, so you get a lot of like, you know, negotiations and trade rumors. It seems like the Bears, like you said, have officially put the number one pickup for, you know, for an offer, which everyone kind of expected. I don't think anyone was anticipating them. Moving up, Justin Fields, maybe they would have. I'm a pretty decent Justin Fields fan, so I think he'll end up figuring it out. But regardless, yeah, man, moving up to that number one pick could be really juicy this year because you've got teams like Houston, you've got teams like the Colts. I think a, a kind of a scary uh, imagination for me as a Broncos fan is uh, the Raiders possibly moving up and trying to get a guy like like here's this like this crazy, you know, scary world I live in where if. Patrick, if if I'm the Raiders, and I have to face Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert twice a year, I'm probably thinking to myself, man, we need to go, like, super high ceiling on these quarterbacks. I have such a fear of Josh McDaniels getting his hands on Anthony Richardson or on a Will Levis and molding them into the into their, you know, their superstar alien quarterback, you know, and then there's three of them in the AFC West, three, three more of them in the AFC and stuff. So... It's really interesting to see who's going to end up being the one to pull the trigger because, I mean, even as we're seeing this week, Jalen Carter is kind of getting a little bit of off-the-field stuff that I don't think will really impact him too much, but is kind of interesting to see. Like, the number one pick this year doesn't seem like it has as much, like, ooh to it as other years. There's no Trevor Lawrence-esque prospect. I wouldn't say there's, like, a Miles Garrett-esque prospect. Like, something I've kind of said a lot throughout a lot of my, like, you know, draft studying throughout the years. like, man... I see a lot of guys that I consider to be top 50 talents, maybe top 32 talents. I do not see a lot of like top 10 talents, guys that I nail home and say, man, that guy's going to be a complete difference maker. And a lot of the guys that are, are like, you know, Will Anderson, who's an edge. You got Jalen Carter, who's a like a three tech defensive tackle. You've got a, guys like Christian Gonzalez, who's a corner. These are positions that are really helpful. But for a lot of these teams that are like, you know, the the bottom feeders of the league, as I keep calling them. It's not the most helpful thing in the world outside of like a Will Anderson who you can see being helpful, but there's not like a lot of cream of the crop QBs. Bryce Young is interesting, but he's a historic outlier on size. Uh CJ Stroud I I like a lot, but I there's people have a lot of issues with him, as they do with most Ohio State quarterbacks. Not to say that Ohio that matters at all, but a lot of the, you know, Tended uh, the common themes of issues people have with Ohio State quarterbacks are also seeming to trickle down to C.J. Stroud. So I don't know, because there's not really a home run pick where I think, like, man, exactly like you're saying, like Chris Ballard and the Colts are going to be like, we have to get to number one to take this quarterback. I don't think a lot of teams are going to feel that way, and I think there's going to be some teams that are going to say, we'll just see who's available out of the out of the four or five guys we think could get taken up this high and live with it, you know? Kind of a week's and all time
0: in the NFL world. Uh, last week, Daniel Jeremiah was saying Jalen Carter was just the number one prospect on this draft and then today they've come out and said this stock that was on him, Frankie suggested they won't really impact, but he's been released on bond to bail this afternoon with a $4,000 uh, payments. He, he obviously hadn't himself been for instance last month been serious enough instance, but people today are suggesting he will drop down the and order. Um are we reading too much into it? You always make the point to me that this stuff is, is bonkers because at the end of the day these guys are very get their opportunity, whether it's one pick or the eight pick, it doesn't really matter as long as they get a, a team that can utilize the player and the skill set they have.
2: Well, I think there there are a couple of things on the the character thing firstly it it was the people died like we're talking about a real tragedy here um which i think sometimes kind of get gets lost um in the 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 scrum for for news essentially um i think the the other piece that arif hasan has a fantastic piece um or i I always have a huge fan of, of his stuff and he has a really great piece on Pro Football Network, which I would definitely recommend people check out. Um, and he was kind of talking about how, you know, you have this tragic event, you have a young man who made stupid mistakes, and, and which may we we have to see how the dust even settles. Like, right now it's misdemeanor charges. Would it remain misdemeanor charges? We don't know. Like, he went and he misdirected, at best, after it now at the same time he's a young guy right the supreme court of the united states recognizes that the human brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 right and that's a it's a pretty um conservative court that still recognizes that right so young people make stupid mistakes but stupid mistakes have consequences and i think when it comes to to character i think what it will mean is teams are going to look at it a little bit differently I consider, you know, what does it mean in terms of his his behavior? What does it mean in terms of he is he likely to do something like this again? Is he likely to a I suppose, and then this is what Ari Fassam was highlighting: is he likely to miss time right from this incident, or and and b is he likely to miss time in the future because? he does something stupid again and and that's what teams are going to do they are very clinical about this and so but again somebody will probably take a chance the the fact that it has come out um, and happened this early in the process before the draft means that um you know people will do their due diligence there'll be lots of questions at interviews they'll uh to work behind the scenes they'll ask his you know student advisors what's he like as a a character this is not the um, Larry Tunsell it happening on the the day of the the draft but I do think it will lead to a lot more questions like they, they deliberately go out I suppose to to try sometimes to um, you know you hear about things at interviews they are confrontational They 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 niggle at some of the players they look to really needle them push their buttons see if they can get a response I've no doubt with something like this that will be the case um, but as Frankie has alluded to in terms of talent he is at certainly top three I think pop um, I don't think I've seen anything where he's less than top five. Um, and, and but and it's, it is a weird draft. We are not talking about a draft that is absolutely stacked um, with a whole host of, of talent, and I think that's what makes it interesting. You are when people talk about QB classes, there's a lot of interest in next year's class, an awful lot of interest in in next year's class. That's why I think it would be interesting again to to see who's willing to give up what in terms of the um, moving up. But I think for the Bears, I mean, if if Justin Fields was going in this draft, I think for me he would be my number one QB. Why? Why would you? And other than having a QB on a rookie deal, um, that's the only reason. But I don't think any of the QBs in this particular draft have the level of talent he does. So why not get? the the next two years at a very cost control level and then you have the fifth year option which is obviously still pretty cost controlled so to me it it makes sense but this is lying season and recognize that everything that everyone says whether it's an agent whether it's a player whether it's a GM it it comes with an agenda.
0: The ESPN guys are saying that Bryce Young is far superior to just the field so it's interesting that different And frankly, you just learned you're 25 years of age, so your brain has just developed in the last 12 months. I mean, as we used to so, <laughs> it's getting there. You know, it's
2: getting there. Have Have we seen? And an, um, Brian, we we uh, were fortunate to to meet her in person in, in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mina Kimes has a, a like there've been a few photos, but she has herself beside a life size cardboard cutout of Bryce on Twitter today, like. I mean Frankie touched on it. He is tiny. Like it's not just the height, it's the weight as well. Like people kind of had talked about Kyler Murray, but he's he's shorter than Kyler and he is 40 pounds or thereabouts, 30 40 pounds lighter um than Kyler. I mean, we are talking an outlier of epic proportions. It it will be fascinating to see where he ends up going and how he can play at the, the NFL level. The talent is undoubtedly there, but it is going to be very, very different when he comes into the NFL. I'm
0: mm-hmm. glad you touched that, Carter. It'll be interesting. We're months away, and it's still an interesting subplot to see what the Cardinals will do, because Carter essentially is not going to be back for a start season. the season. Um, franchise tag, Tuesday deadline. Uh, obviously, from my perspective, being it as you had we're kind of counting down the errors Joe Shane was on, good morning football and he's done a few local New York interviews today he says the clock is ticking and we're going to get a deal and like these next few days are really critical for a lot of teams in terms of the tag I think probably the Giants probably is the biggest tag storyline because obviously whenever you tag goes against the cap immediately the Giants if tag Daniel Jones which has been very clear this week that that will be the favourite decision over Saquon Barkley 32 million you would have to expect them to Try to get a deal done before Tuesday. Otherwise, Barkley's gone. I would say, Come free agency the following week. Would you agree with that, Frankie?
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. But I also don't think that like I don't want I don't want to upset the Giants fan. I don't think losing out on Saquon Barkley would be the end of the world for that team. Uh, I think you know you really want to you really want to make sure you at least have a decent option at quarterback first. I think we've seen the impact having Saquon Barkley with no quarterback has been. And I mean, I I just don't think, especially when you talk about paying a running back in the NFL, it's always like a necessity, something you really want to be doing. I'm not saying don't ever, but man, a lot of times these contracts end up not working out that if it does come down to a decision for the Giants, I think that they'd probably be smarter sticking with Daniel Jones as crazy and as much flack as that might get me. I just think you can rebuild a running back room so much easier than you can rebuild a quarterback room. It's genuinely so hard, guys. And when you look at like, What the Giants were able to kind of do last year and what they're able to, I think, build off of, I think having a quarterback is so much more important to that than having arguably the best running back in the NFL. And again, I know that sounds ridiculous, but you can supplement a guy like Saquon Bart. Not entirely, but you can kind of make do without him and still have a quality running game. Going from having a startable, kind of like we were talking about with Derek Carr, going from having a startable you know a starting quarterback in the NFL which there's probably only like 20 25 of there are not 32 it's tough to automatically be like oh we can we can do as good at that position it's not as hard to say we can do you know close to as good at running back quarterback it is a complete you're a completely roll the dice so it's a it's a tough time for New York it'll be interesting to see what they do because i mean with what they did last year, it's hard to imagine that they really want to change too much of their philosophy going forward.
0: Sounds like you're very annoyed to what the GM is taking. Color, valid. The uh, the tag. Any particular moves you're you're keeping an eye on, or any other little subclass you want to throw it there before we close out the show? Um,
2: I I'm fascinated by the Titans GM's comments earlier um in in the week in terms of like he he said. It's cute and sexy to uh, to play Golden State Warriors football in September and October when the weather is good, but the teams that play in January play tough defense and and run the football. Um, did, did he see the teams that were in the, the Super Bowl this year? Is he is he aware in which the the league has gone? And kind of piggybacking on what Frankie said, like the there there were. Three teams this year that had players who ran for over 1,500 yards. None of them made the playoffs. Like, those days are are gone. Like, you have to, you need running back by committee. The Eagles made the Super Bowl because their offensive line was incredible. They had running back by committee. And Jalen Hurts is fantastic. We, as a league, are going to be dealing with Patrick Mahomes and his greatness for the next 15 years probably i mean the the i just i i don't i'm baffled i really am utterly utterly baffled maybe it is lying season and he was trying to throw people off the center of what they intend to to do but it just seemed to be like talking from a, a you know a different era now it was his kind of first time in front of the press go back Nick Sirianni's infamous kind of first press conference sometimes it goes a little bit differently you learn from it you put things a, a different way um but the, this is um this is a passing league I mean the you supplement it by the ability to run the ball and, and that that is important um but the the days of kind of sticking up the jumper and and hope you you win those are um long gone.
0: Um, I think you could have sucked the the ball up the jumper or trod the ball on the Super Bowl if, and you still wouldn't have uh, got Gardner Johnson's uh, yeah, yeah, favourites. We don't maybe had an opportunity to see the commentary which he put up on Twitter on the back of Jonathan Gannon's first press conference as the Cardinals head coach which was quickly deleted after I imagine his, his agent gave him a knock on the door. Look, we'll, uh, we might come back to that next week when we reach a and I think maybe by next week we should have some more enticing news and maybe some trades have gone down or maybe some teams are Friday pull the plug and set players and the other cast on the own we'll see we we'll also have podcasts going out throughout the course of the week we have a number of different teams being reviewed next week and some interesting podcasts which we're setting up and um, hopefully we'll be back again next week to kind of walk through the week and the tags and the other news and um, for now Colin, thank you very much Frankie
2: what, what, ju- ju- just what one final thing might maybe Brian uh, Frankie for listeners who
1: want to find more of your stuff where can they go about doing that no problem uh I'm Frankie's film on Twitter Frankie's and then film I post a lot of NFL tape if you're trying to watch highlight to college prospects NFL players it's mainly Bronco stuff but I really do try to get around the league as much as I can you know whenever I got the tape I'll try to watch it uh put out my tweets put out some memes you know I TikTok. I I put all my tape stuff that I do on the Twitters I put it on TikTok. It's not, you know, it's 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 what it is. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, I write on frankiesfilm.com as well for once in a while, put out some articles over there. So, yeah. And then also, sorry, on Thursdays, I do a Broncos-focused uh, podcast with my buddy Joey Richards. Let's Talk Broncos. If you ever got the time to go check it out over there, you want some Broncos insight, you want to hear more of me talk, don't know why, Uh, go do that. But uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. My apologies, Frank, I shouldn't
0: have left off for giving you that. Sweet dark Right to come. And uh, yeah there's plenty of Broncos fans in Ireland as Conan well knows so yeah be sure to check it out for now guys thanks for your time and hopefully we'll be back at Reconvening next week if we can get through today's news thanks for now